I'm Cahill Summers. And I'm Georgia Glenn. Your Chagas Sustainability Advisors. And you're welcome to the Chagas Environment Edge podcast, bringing you the latest information, science and opinion to improve farm sustainability. What has caused fertiliser prices to go through the roof? And with no way of knowing how long this will last, are there more efficient ways of utilising nutrients on the farm to grow our crops? We also hear about a great project carried out by the Chagas and 40 local farmers in the Kilkenny Waterford Advisory Region. How much do you think a tanker of slurry is worth? With the new year just starting, it's time to think about fertiliser management for 2022. So with that in mind, we welcome back our friend to the show, Mark Plunkett, Chagas Crop and Nutrient Specialist. Mark, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Deirdre. Mark, fertiliser prices have gone through the roof um, at the back end of 2021. Roughly, what's the current price of a few of the more commonly used fertilisers um, on, on farms? In the last six months, uh, fertilisers have taken a, a, a big uh, price increase that we have never seen before here in Ireland. Um, if you take the likes of the straight nitrogens in, in terms of can, it's trading somewhere in the ballpark of 650 to 700 euros per tonne. Uh, urea uh, is also trading at high prices, again, somewhere between nine. 50 and a thousand euros per ton and um, i suppose the the interesting thing Deirdre, is that the nitrogen has taken the biggest increase it's gone about threefold uh, compared to other other years um, in terms of blends uh, you know your typical blends your your 18 6 12s your 10 10 20s your 14 7 14s your your 13 6 20s they're all trading somewhere in the ballpark of somewhere between 750 to 800 euros per ton depending on the blend so most definitely yes um uh, p and k compounds ha- have doubled in price and nitrogen has has tripled in price uh, com- compared to i suppose the same time um other years mark that's a savage jump i remember about last december back in 2020 i think you're able to get special offers on can for about 185 a ton so that's that's a huge jump What's, what's causing that dramatic rise in price or how long do you expect it might last? In terms of the causes, Carl, um, yes. Um, yeah, there was very, very, I suppose, very good value there generally at the back end of, of any year um, up, up until this year. Um, you know, can would have been trading somewhere in the ballpark of €200 Euros, um, per tonne. Um, but we've seen mass, massive increases. And the main reason for the increase is very much down to natural gas that it has... Um, you know, in, increase five, sixfold in, you know, in the back end of 2021. And natural gas is the main raw ingredient when it comes to producing all types of nitrogen. Um, there also has been, you know, there has been um, limited supply due to export bans of some of the major nutrients like uh, DAP and also um, potassium. And there is issues around the whole area of freight and shipping at the minute, um, you know, that it, it, it seems that product can be sourced, but it can be difficult to actually get it into the country. So there's a, a number of factors there um, that I suppose we've never seen before driving fertilizer prices to all time highs. You know, because you, you'd hear people blaming the Brexit, you'd hear people blame the Suez Canal issues, but I know transport costs have raised hugely uh, on, on shipping front. But is there other countries stockpiling or, or, or is there a higher demand for the product, I wonder? Um, yeah, the demand globally seems to have increased, like, you know, um, and also the likes of China, you know, they have put an export ban. You know, they are actually quite large producers of urea and the likes of um, DAP. So they've put um, export bans to, to maintain supplies 
um, their own de de domestic supply and also Russia has imposed um, export bans as well. So that has reduced the amount of fertilizer avail available globally um, and has has been one of the main, again, another cause for the increase in prices that we currently see. Mark, what advice can you give to farmers this spring in order to meet nitrogen grass crop requirements without breaking the bank? Um, yeah, that, that's a that's a that's a tricky question. There's a lot of I suppose um, avenues we could go down on that one. Um, but look, I, I I think for me in terms of getting the most out of any type of nitrogen or any product that you apply in the springtime, whether it be slurry or bag fertilizer, I think it's very very important when you decide to spread it that the conditions at time of application are correct for. For, for grass growth or plant growth like and what I mean by that Deirdre is that you know you've good soil temperatures you know soils are warming up they're above five degrees and increasing uh, soils are drying out and also you have a, a good forecast um, and I suppose the other important thing to be to remember as well is that maybe ask yourself how much grass do you want to grow in the next three weeks a month and then that should give you an idea as regards how much nitrogen you should apply as either cattle slurry or bike fertilizer um, like there is a, a low demand in, in that early window, like there is a demand, but it tends to be low and it's generally supplied by the soil and then by either cattle slurry or, or bag nitrogen. So what's a big thing there, Mark, as well, is we're local. You, you mentioned yourself uh, how much grass you're going to grow, how much fertilizer does, is the requirement. And I always talk to farmers a lot about the grass grow curve and when grass starts to grow and when we get the most response. Can you tell me a bit about that? Um, like you know, grass is 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 grown possibly nearly every day of the year, but at, at you know at currently at at low rates. But you know, as we move into springtime, Cahal, as we move from say February to March, the you know the grass growth picks up, and also you know as we move out of February and into March, also nitrogen nitrogen efficiency increases as well. Um, and as I say, it's probably you know there, there is a low demand in in that early window. Like we're talking maybe twenty twenty five kilos of nitrogen, you know and you know, that, that can be supplied by, you know, um, 20 to 25 cubic meters or two to two and a half thousand gallons of cattle slurry per acre, or maybe something like, you know, less than half a bag of protected urea, you know, once conditions are suitable to kick uh, grass growth off in the springtime. Um, Mark, slurry testing is going to be very important. I think next year, you know, very, very important. Um, where can you, you know, what can you use in terms of equipment to do this? Um, and, you know, what kind of nutrients should be available in, say, your watery slurry or your heavier slurry at, at, at some time of the year, at the beginning of the year? Yes, um, I, I, um, Deirdre, that's a very good point. And um, I, I suppose it comes back to is that we now must look at slurry differently. Like slurry is the same as, as bag fertilizer. And, you know, when we buy bag fertilizer, we, all, we, we know what's in it, whether, whether it's a straight nitrogen or an 18.612. So most definitely, if you can get your slurry tested, it will be very, very useful to give you an, an idea how much NP and K is in it. And then we can adjust application rates. You know, maybe it's 1,500 gallons per acre, maybe it's 2,000 gallons per acre, or maybe it's 2,500 gallons per acre, depending on the quality of the, the slurry. In terms of, of how you test it or where you can get it tested, Deirdre, um, I suppose the simplest thing is a slurry hydrometer. Um, you know, you can buy them from about, they're about, it costs about 80 euros. It's a, a simple device. You, you, you drop it into a container of slurry and it, it will give you a, a dry matter reading, which is very much closely related to its NPK value. Um, alternatively, you can send the sample off to the lab and again, get the major nutrients tested, the NPK or the dry matter. And again, it'll tell you exactly what's in the slurry. Yeah, and Chag has a couple of good videos up online as well on how to use the hydrometer for people who'd like to 
yes. to see its use. Yeah. Just on, on the slurry and, and it like it's going to be hugely important with the price of fertilizer going forward, Mark. And the Kilkenny Water Region, the advisory region carried out a project, I suppose it's it's last spring now, it's 2021, where we're at the time we're trying to come up with ideas how would we make our nitrogen more, our nutrients more efficient. So we decided that we'd we'd get 40 farmers together. And we'd fund them to carry out uh, slurry analysis on all their samples, like just like you've just suggested, send them off to the lab. So well agitated slurry, send them off to the lab. Um, and I know you're after having a good look at the results. Can, can you go through some of the results uh, from that project? Or it was from dairy farms. Yes, there was a, a very, very interesting project done there um, in, 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 the, in the unit where they tested different slurries on, on dairy farms. They tested a, a standard slurry and again, it came back with an average of six units of nitrogen, five units of P and 41 units of potassium. But I suppose there was a big range, like the dry matter was 7%. Um, but there's a big range in the dry matter from those samples that went from approximately three and a half percent to ten and a half percent. And also there was, um, I suppose, large variability in the nitrogen. The nitrogen went from four units to ten units per thousand gallons. The phosphorus went from four to nine units per thousand gallons. And the potash uh, went from 17 to 67 units per thousand gallons. And I'd say the average there was a 6541. Now, I was, it came out on average, I suppose, call fairly tip, typical to our book value um, for, for cattle story. Like we, we generally work on a, on a 6532, but from that unit, the potash was about, you know, about 25% higher with 41 units per thousand gallons. So it, it most definitely demonstrated the value of knowing what's in your slurry. And again, when managing that slurry, say, come the springtime, you know, you can adjust your application rate to deliver, you know, um, the, the amount of P and K that you want, especially in like your silage ground, and also then make adjustments for the nitrogen. The lads also looked at uh, two other slurries. They looked at lagoon slurry. And again, um, the dry matter there, Carl, was uh, 3%. And its NPK was three units of nitrogen, two units of P, and 14 units of potassium. They also looked at dairy washings. And again, you know, it, it also has an NPK value. The dry matter was uh, 2%, the average dry matter. And again, it contained two units of nitrogen, two units of P and 14 units of potassium per thousand gallons. So like most definitely getting your story tested is a good place to start to use that story more efficiently, especially in the times that we live in. You know, like with, with fertilizer prices um, at all time highs, slurry now, you know, we, we must use slurry as efficiently as possible to maximize or reduce our fertilizer bills um, in, in 2022. And Mark, just looking at that, going back to the, the I suppose the heavier slurry, thicker slurry, 7% roughly, you're talking about six, un, six nitrogen, five units of phosphorus and 41 of potassium. That's a decent compound for 1,000 gallons. If you were to put a monetary value on, on that 1,000 gallons, what, what roughly what would it be, Mark? Monetary value, Carl, like if we take our, our typical slurry there, um, you know, similar to that, like we're talking somewhere around, you know, it's it's, it's 40 euros plus per thousand gallons. That's what it's worth. You so know, and you're a typical farmer going out now in, in, in spring, maybe in February or whenever, going out with two, two and a half thousand. You know, you're spreading up to up to 100 euro per per load, really going out, aren't you? Yeah, if you take a two, two and a half thousand gallon tanker, like, you know what I mean, at 40 euros per thousand gallons, like it's worth about 120 euros, like, or that's its fertilizer replacement value. That has worked. So, you know, it's 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 very important now, you know, to to use that slurry as efficiently as possible and and put it on, you know, ideally that should be going to the, the low fertility fields, the, the dry fields that have low P's and K's 
um, you know, that's where you're going to get the best response or the best use of the, especially the PNK in that slurry. And, and also keep, you know, a sufficient slurry for your silage crop as well, because your silage crop has the biggest demand for, uh, especially PNK compared to the grazing ground. So, you know, you know, to, to reduce the, 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 uh, the impact of high fertilizer prices in 2022, you know, using the slurry um, wisely around the farm will be, will be key. And I think what, what some of the farmers down here in Walfield Kenny region were most surprised at was if we go back down to the dairy washings, you have two units of nitrogen, two of phosphorus and 14 of potassium. And, you know, you'd hear a lot of farmers using products like 27, two and a half, five. And, you know, when you compare the dairy washings, two units of phosphorus, and it's similar to 27, two and a half, five as regards to two, two and a half units of phosphorus and that, there's a good old bang in dairy washings alone, like, isn't there? Well, there is, like, if, if you take two and a half thousand gallons of dairy washings, like, you know, there's five units of nitrogen, there's five units of, of um, phosphorus, and there is, what, there's there's um, 28, there's about 35 units of potassium. So, like, if you take a, an intensely stocked dairy farm, like, you know, two and a half thousand gallons of, the, of that dairy washings will supply, you know, sufficient P and K on the grazing ground. You know, it'll supply, you know, maintenance for grazing, like, we generally talk you know, somewhere around maybe 25, 30 units of, of potash on the grazing ground. So, you know, there's a big savings there. Um, Mark, as, as advisors, we've been promoting, um, you know, less technology. How do you think, how important will less technology be in the application and utilisation of nutrients? Well, again, getting, getting back to your original question, uh, Deirdre, like, you know, if, if, if you're looking for a tip in, in 2022, you know, you know, use low emission slurry spread and, you know, you're going to in, in, increase the recovery of that nitrogen by 50%. So again, that six will turn into nine. If you take the average slurry there for the unit there, it'll be a nine, five, 41. So you get more nitrogen. Um, and I suppose the other big thing as well is that you get a very, you know, pre- precision application across the, the spread width of the band spreader um, or, the, or the trailing shoe. So the message, right time, right place, right ma- machine and right rate are going to be paramount. Yeah, look, I, I think the four R's, like whether it's using bike fertilizer or uh, slurry, uh, you know, the four R's, you know, very, very important. You know, I say the, you know, to, to get the most out of that slurry or to use the, the, the especially the nitrogen as efficiently as possible um, and the P&K that, yeah, that you implement the four R's, absolutely. Yeah, look, the, the big thing now that we found, I suppose, looking at this slurry analysis, once you have that information, you can use it. But like, uh, I, I don't know from talking to you before, Mark, you, you mentioned this year with prices so high that we're going to have to be really targeted in how we spend. And if we use our slurry correctly, we can we, we can forget index fours. We don't need to touch them with P, but we can look after the lows, the ones and twos, as, as you suggested, the silage ground, and maybe even target some of our trees with that, that weaker type slurry, I suppose. Yeah, that that that'd be a good a good strategy, Carl. Absolutely, like that. Like again, the index fours look they're 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 very fertile. You know, if you know that that part of the farm should only be getting nitrogen, really. Like it shouldn't be getting any um, chemical or, or organic peas and k's. Um, you know, we should be targeting it back onto the the low index fields and and the silage fields to get the the best return from from especially nutrients in the slurry. So Mark, I know we discussed we have to be more efficient with, with our, our slurry going forward, but there is paddocks that we're going to have to get bagged nitrogen on. What's the best type of nitrogen to use? 
Yes, Carl. Uh, for that early window, you know that first second round, like urea is a is, is a safer form of nitrogen. It's more stable in those wet and cool conditions, and also. I suppose another plus to, to using urea in the early part of the season is that, you know, with the increase in nitrogen price, like, you know, that the, the, the differential between the cost of kilo, the cost of a kilo of nitrogen between urea and can has grown. Like, for example, if you even take urea at 950 a ton, it's 207 a kilo, where if you take can an equivalent price at 700 a ton is 259 per kilo. So there's a 52 cent differential there between the cost of a kilo of canned nitrogen and the cost of a kilo of urea nitrogen. So I suppose just it's something to maybe be conscious of when you're buying your nitrogen, maybe over the coming days or weeks that urea work out, you know, get the price for each and work out then the cost per kilo. And most definitely protected urea <clears throat> is a safer form of nitrogen, especially in that in in that first, second round that it's more stable. And also the research would show that we can recover more of that nitrogen uh, to grow grass, which means that we can reduce our overall nitrogen requirement by about 10 12% in that first second round. Yeah, and I think that's an important point to make because the difference between urea and protect urea is not massive per ton at the moment. At least you're guaranteed to, to hold on to that nitrogen because. Uh, as you've said before, it's not just those dry, windy days. It's also those cold, harsh uh, days where the yard dries up real quick that you can have losses from normal urea, Mark, isn't it? Yes. Um, from the work that was done in Janstown on, on, on protected urea, um, like they got the highest losses of volatilization in, in March. So again, you know, using protected urea will reduce that risk of nitrogen loss through volatilization. No, that, that's brilliant. Like, utilize slurry get your fertility and your line right and that's great just to finish off with a protected urea is cheaper than to can to spread and it's more uh, it's better for the environment so i think that's a good message all around look mark certainly lots to think about uh, but now we really need to focus on improving our nutrient use efficiency across the farm in order to be sustainable uh, both financially and environmentally but mark i think we'll have to get you on again because there's so much to talk about but thanks a million for joining us today and great advice as always that's no matter thanks god thanks deirdre that's it for this episode of the chagas environment edge podcast thanks to mark plunkett chagas crop and nutrient management specialist for joining us on the show don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the podcast you can listen on apple and google podcasts as well as spotify and for more information go to the chagas website at chagas.ie i'm kyle summers and i'm deirdre lynn Join us next time for the Chogs Environment Edge podcast, signpost to farm sustainability.